Good evening, and welcome to the Independent News Hour. I'm your host, John Tarleton, Editor-in-Chief of the Independent, New York City's lefty newspaper and website, online at independent.org, I-N-D-Y-P-E-N-D-E-N-T dot O-R-G. We also have our uh, October edition in news boxes, libraries, and many other places around the city. I'm joined today by my co-host, Amr Gagarian. Hi, John. It's great to be here with you, and welcome to all of our listeners on 99.5 FM and streaming on WBAI.org. We have another fantastic show for you this evening. We'll start by delving into New York's unexpectedly close governor's race. But before we go any further with that, I just want to let everybody know, speaking of elections, the Independent News Hour will be hosting an election night special on Tuesday, November 8th, two weeks from today, from 5 to 10 p.m. We'll cover both uh, New York races and what's happening happening nationally. We have all sorts of uh, great guests we're lining, we're lining up, so we're really excited about that. We'll be sharing more about that next week as well. Uh, so, uh, as I was saying, uh, with uh, uh, Republican gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin gaining rapidly in the polls on incumbent Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul, uh, we'll hear some clips from a raucous get-out-the-vote get rally for Hochul. Uh, that I attended on Sunday afternoon on the Upper West Side. The event was disrupted by Zeldin supporters and some really strange and disturbing anti-vaxxers. And we're also going to hear from indie reporter Ted Ham, who has a new article out on how Zeldin is using blatantly racist images, tropes, and campaign promises to push his touch, uh, sorry, tough on crime message. And we'll speak with Democratic Socialist Assembly member Marcella Mitanias of Sunset Park, Brooklyn about the governor's race and how it could affect working class New Yorkers. We'll also speak with Matanius, a former tenant organizer, about the shocking news that came out last week uh, about how more than 60,000 rent stabilized apartments in the city are currently vacant, even as both rents and homelessness continue soaring. Right, John, and some are claiming that number is closer to 90,000. But later in the show, we'll speak with acclaimed street photographer Alex Harsley about a new exhibit of his life's work that is being staged on the Lower East Side. But first, we turn to the governor's race and the raucous get-out-the-vote rally held Sunday on the Upper West Side. John, set the scene for us. Yeah, so Sunday's rally was uh, held on the Upper West Side in Verity Square outside the 72nd Street uh, subway entrance to the 1, 2, and 3 trains. Uh, Manhattan Borough President Mark Levine was the MC. He's been warning for weeks that the Democrats and Kathy Hochul were sleeping on this race. Uh, he was joined by a number of other elected officials, including Upper West Side Congressman uh, uh, Gerald Nadler and New York Attorney General Tish James. And there were probably 100 or so Hochul supporters on hand and uh, roughly 25 to 30 counter protesters. As the event began, several Zeldin supporters uh, made their way to the front of the crowd and began heckling the speakers. And uh, when the Hochul supporters tried to hold up their campaign signs in front of them to block their view, they uh, were cursing out the uh, uh, the Hochul supporters. And, and uh, these um, Zeldin supporters were all uh, men, some uh, you know fairly beefy. Um, and and uh, at one point, one of the counter protesters uh, jumped on the stage, but uh, he was pinned down. And taken away, or, or more like taken to the back of the crowd, and he wasn't arrested. Uh, and so all this early drama riled up the pro Hochul speakers and supporters. We saw more passion from them than we've probably seen from Kathy Hochul at any point in this campaign. So what we have now are some clips uh, featuring 
uh, City Comptroller Brad Lander, City Councilwoman Gail Brewer, and Grace Lee, the Democratic nominee for an assembly seat in downtown Brooklyn, uh, downtown Manhattan. For abortion rights, we are fighting for the full rights of women in New York and all around our country to be free and full equal human beings. When we fight for voting rights, we are saying this is a country which has not yet delivered to black and brown New Yorkers, to black and brown Americans, the right to be free and full equal human beings. And we will not let election deniers or voting rights oppressors deny their ability. When we fight for a New York state that stands up for working people, that demands that working people have their rights to organize a labor union, to fight together for the rights that they have. We are saying we can build a city, a state, and a country where everybody's got an equal shot. And the only way we do that is by protecting our democracy and by fighting for and winning the election in November. So that was City Comptroller Brad Lander, Councilwoman Gail Brewer, and Assembly nominee Grace Lee. Uh, as you can hear, there was a strong emphasis on defending abortion rights and defending democracy and voting blue, as you heard Grace Lee implore the crowd to do in her speech. Uh, there was less emphasis. There was some emphasis, but definitely less emphasis on what Kathy Hochul and her fellow Democrats would do to materially improve the lives of working class New Yorkers. Right, John. And I was doing some research today, um, looking through Zeldin's Facebook page and noticing that he is, you know, making a big effort, hustling a lot to get out onto the streets, do events with people in public um, and, and really campaigning very visibly um, and writing personally on his Facebook, things like that. So despite his awful messaging, um from my perspective, as a prospective voter, you know, he's he's doing a lot of campaigning with the people. Um, yeah, people can have awful messages and be good campaigners. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, right. At, at the end of Sunday's rally, I spoke uh, with uh, uh, City Councilwoman Gail Brewer uh, about whether Zeldin's efforts to scare voters into supporting him had been uh, aided by Mayor Eric Adams and his intense focus on crime and public safety for the past year and a half, first as a candidate for mayor and then as mayor, is Zeldin, Zeldin reaping what Adams hath sown? Like the sort of the, the, the anti-crime messaging of Adams and some other Democrats in the last year have kind of uh, laid the groundwork Uh-huh. All different directions. Uh-huh. We have uh, very 
focus on, 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 on this. And, and it's really almost scaring the, you think he scared the city in a way that's made it more uh, easier for Zelda to... I don't know that he's made it easier for Zelda. I think we have to figure out how to solve these issues. Uh-huh. And I think he's trying. We need to do it, not just with cops. Uh-huh. You got to do it with the affordable housing. Okay. You got to pay your social service, human service, nonprofits. Yeah. They don't, they're very low on salaries in terms of the amount. Right. And you've got to figure out this mental health situation. Speaking of Zeldin being able to successfully wield an incendiary anti-crime message, we're going to be joined in a moment by the Independent's Ted Ham. And Ted has been tracking Zeldin's message around crime in his new article up on the Independent, on independent.org, I-N-D-Y-P-E-N-D-E-N-T.org, titled, In New York Governor's Race, Lee Zeldin Stokes Fear of Dark-Skinned Criminals to Surge in the Polls. Ted, welcome back to the Independent News Hour. Thanks. Um, Good to be with you and John. Yeah, absolutely. So for starters, um, can you respond to what uh, Manhattan City Councilwoman Gail Brewer uh, had to say in response to that question about um, Adam's fear mongering, uh, you know, giving power to Zeldin in short? Um, And then tell us more about who Lee Zeldin is and the kind of racially charged messaging he's using to to search the polls. Okay, sure. Um, I thought... Brewer was sort of being uh, a politician being political <laughs> in that she didn't really want to criticize Adams, but it's clear that Adams ran a similar campaign sort of every time the New York Post, uh, there was a, mur- a murder or other violent incident. He was there and he got coverage in the New York Post and uh, presented himself as the, as the answer to crime and that if, if if he were elected, things would change. And now he's having a problem because things haven't changed or there's been a number of dramatic incidences, uh, incidents. And um, the New York Post actually was angry with his response to subway crime last week. So it's, you know, that you can easily see a scenario in which if Zeldin were to win, uh, then he would be in the same situation because the governor, it's not, it's not even clear how much the governor actually can affect what happens on the streets. Uh, it's a local, may a mayor and the, the police department have more um, impact than what the governor can do. Uh, but in, in any case, so uh, Zeldin is a, a Trumper uh, congressman for, or, for, uh, now exiting from his uh, the office in Suffolk out in Long Island. Um, and, you know, the, you heard a lot of the speakers there at that rally outlining his positions. He's against abortion. He's against gun control. Uh, he didn't vote not certified the January, uh, the, uh, the 20, November 2020 election. Um, and so, you know, he, and he was advising Trump on his team how to handle uh, the rejecting the election results. And there's no question he's a, he's a, a diehard Trumper. Um, but, he is running his campaign stoking this hysteria about crime. So that's what I wrote about. And it's really a pro mass incarceration agenda that would roll back any of the gains that have been made in the last few years, or at least is um, would move in that direction. He wants to fire uh, Manhattan's first black DA. He wants to end criminal justice reform, particularly bail reform, but also uh, solitary confinement changes, uh, restrictions that have been imposed, also um, raise the age. So New York was one of the only states where 16-year-olds could be prosecuted as adults up until recently, and now they want he wants to roll that back. So 
whether he could do all that is unclear, but it's clear the signaling is the messaging is clear. This is uh, hysteria about crime, but also with using black and brown, uh, the menace, the specter of black and brown people um, that he's going to crack down on that, on, on that threat, uh, restoring the death penalty, curtailing parole, um, friendly or uh, pro corrections officers uh, statements about who's going to run the corrections department of the state and more, more prison guard, more jobs for prison guards, all kinds of stuff. So, um, you know, it's right. really a re- reaction against the criminal justice reform movement that has gained and ma- made headway in the last few years. Right. Now, one of Zeldin's most infamous campaign commercials uh, featuring a montage of security camera footage of black and brown uh Use committing violent crimes. Uh, here's the voiceover uh, for that commercial. The fear of crime is real. Then, without warning, he turns violent and continues. You're looking at actual violent crimes caught on camera in Kathy Hochul's New York, and it's getting much worse. On Kathy Hochul's watch, on November 8th, vote like your life depends on it. It just might. Lee Zeldin for governor, because it's time our families feel safe. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, several people pointed out one of those uh, incidents occurred in California. Uh, One was of a person, Saheed Vassell, who under plainclothes NYPD officers killed in Crown Heights. He was holding a piece of pipe that looked like a gun, so he was clearly experiencing a mental health episode, but all of that um, nuance is lost when people, when you have someone just stoking this hysteria and fear and, you know, it's gains traction. It's a lot easier to, um, get, get people to respond viscerally to that sensation of fear and, and, and outrage and, and, uh, concern and so forth, uh, than it is to explain, you know, what may be some alternative approaches to these issues. There was actually a New York Post story, cover story yesterday about the mother of the, a uh, young man who was pushed onto the tracks on the L train at um, um, Myrtle or wherever that was. I forget exactly which stop that was. Um, but um, he, um, the, the mother was responding in a way that was totally unpredictable. Or if you would think that it would be an article in which, you know, she was blast the headlines, she's blasting Adams's handling of that event. And, but she actually said more cops, is the wrong way to go. And this is a mental health issue. We are not addressing the mental health issue. So you have people who are, uh, you know, in the moment who've been traumatized by what happened, um, but to their, to their children. And, but this particular person, Audrey Martin is uh, saying things that need to be addressed. That's when Gail Brewer did bring that up, uh, that mental, the mental health crisis is, is very real and it's very evident in many of these attacks that we've seen on the subway and elsewhere. Right, and you mentioned the footage of Shahid Vassal. Um, uh, uh, can you uh, explain the family's reaction to their sons appearing in Zeldin's campaign ad? Uh, you covered that in, in your recent article. Sure. Well, his father has been pushing for accountability, which he's thus far, they've been unable to get any uh, successful prosecution of the officers. Uh, but, you know, he did call on uh Zeldin to not play politics with his son's image is the statement he gave. And so, you know, there, this is insensitive to someone who was, who didn't kill anyone uh, and then was uh, killed immediately by plain clothes officers who just simply thought he had a gun. 
So, you know, who knows what this portends for if, if Zeldin prevails and sort of gives carte blanche to law enforcement across the state, you know, and it's just um, a nightmare scenario that, that someone who has no concern for uh, police violence or has no, I mean, certainly as someone who's stridently pro gun uh, pro NRA is their candidate and so on. So, you know, that doesn't make any sense for someone who's, trying to present themselves as a you know, law and order person, uh, candidate to then also want the state to be flooded with guns, which is what the NRA wants. Right. And can you talk about um, the, the billionaire who is uh, uh, bankrolling a lot of these attack ads uh, uh, on behalf of uh, Lee Zeldin, uh, uh, that being uh, Ronald Lauder, heir to the Estee Lauder cosmetics fortune? Sure. Well, he's a familiar figure in right-wing circles. He actually, going back to the 90s, uh, he bankrolled the uh, term limits. Twice was on the ballot in New York City. Uh, So that was an attack on the political machine. So some, you know, that could have some uh, support from the left, but uh, in any, but for for the most part, he's really been on the right for the last several decades now. And yeah, I mean, they, they, this is all the cynicism of uh, the New York Republicans or the national Republicans, the Trump Republicans. I mean, they're just using this hysteria to advance an agenda. I mean, Zeldin has no real policies that I've seen that will address inflation. It's not like he's um, positioning himself as a populist in that regard and so so basically he's going to be working on the behalf of various elite interests uh like the lauders and probably others that we don't yet know about who've been bankrolling him as well um i mean the only i mean one difference between zeldin and trump is that zeldin doesn't even bother with the phony populist routine he's um you know he's not pretending to be a a foe of of the one percent or anything like that um so you know he's he's going he's got he's got a different um personality i guess you could say yeah he has kind of a ron DeSantis vibe kind of sour and angry yeah I, i think that we'll we'll see that tonight in the debate i don't i mean i you can't say that kathy hochul is the most dynamic presence but uh zeldin sort of has this um he, he repeats himself and sort of talks in circles and doesn't it, it's i don't i don't find it to be terribly charismatic but you know there's a lot of anger out there right now and, and as you saw it at the upper west side event the other day there's just you know these uh, people coming out of the woodwork and just shouting down um politicians whatever way they can and trying to advance their agenda it's just you know, Kathy Hochul is now the target but she so but as you were outlining before I mean, she hasn't given people a great agenda or clear sense of what they're voting for. But, you know, at least I would say that Zeldin has clearly signaled to the left or any left leaning people that there's a lot, a lot of reasons to vote against him. If he, if he wins, then, you know, he may not be able to enact all of this agenda that he's promising, but he will be able to, uh, the state Senate is not going to be a, a veto, veto proof majority. So it's going to create a, a real dif- it's going to create real difficulty for any kind of progressive legislation to pass through um, Albany under his watch because he can veto it, and then there will be a big fight over trying to override that veto and so forth. So, you know, it's it's um, it would be chaos in in Albany uh, should he prevail. Right. 
we'll, we'll have to leave it there uh, for now, but this is a race we're going to continue to follow. And, uh, Ted Ham, we're always, uh, Delighted that you're on on the on the story, and we appreciate you joining us on WBAI Radio this afternoon. All right, thanks. Have have a good rest of your show. You bet. Thank thanks. you, Ted. So uh, we will be back after a short break, and we'll be joined by Democratic Socialist Assembly Member Marcella Matanias from Sunset Park, and we'll talk some more about the governor's race and other important issues that she's uh, immersed in. I'm taking time. Away to dream I'm taking time out To clean up my room And when I clean up My room will gleam Because dreams aren't as unreal As they seem I'm taking time Away to dream I'm taking time out Put the records In their covers And then I'll put the album Back into their Sweep up this morning and when I look at the clock, I see it says 10. I'm taking time away to dream. I'm taking time out. Well, I just can't be sure anymore. I just can't be sure. No, I just can't be sure anymore. I just can't be sure. So after I wash up, I got some place to go. I'm taking time away to dream. I'm taking time out. 